Hi, I'm Julie. I'm Laura. We're longtime friends who know a good year at Real Talk can solve almost anything. And we're transferring our skills and experiences to our new coaching practice. Whether you're making a big decision, exploring a new path, planning a project, or you just want to learn how coaching might help you, join us for our conversations on Coaching Through It. Hey, Julie. Thought I'd ask you if we've ever talked about your self-determination is um have you ever heard of that before have you talked we did talk about this in our coaching class but in my other coaching class that i'm cheating on you with um we talked about self-determination and um what what kind of drives you and i don't know if you know do you know much about the three things around self-determination no i don't um so like one of them would be essentially um competence so becoming a master at some mastering something is your goal um the third one is relatedness meaning um you like to do things kind of like in community and with others and that's how you learn and then autonomy which is that independence like you're you want to self-direct your learning so those are like the three self-determination and i'm probably like slightly not advertising this as well if this is in the podcast um but those are the three of like which one of these three values do you connect to was my question and what drives you personally professionally so is it the social is it the relatedness one for you probably okay that's why we're friends yeah i think i would explain why like i've been i've been frustrated with work lately because i'm like i just wish we could all sit in a room and talk about this for 45 minutes it'd be a lot easier you know like that i love that collaboration like you know talk space type stuff yeah i learned i like you i learned community and that's why i think it's hilarious that you want to come over and watch football based on us being together like that's so i just wanted to verify that we're on the same page yeah and and why we're coaching through it together Mm -hmm. um no because i was one of the only few in our group in this other class coaching class i'm in that talked about it and i was like I study communities of practice for a reason. I love communities of inquiry. I was online and in spaces because there's groups of peoples and teams and communities that I really connected to based on interest and based on work. Yeah. And that's how I learn, I think. And I, that's yeah. what drives me. Well, I'm also like a kinesthetic learner. Like, what about you when you think about like learning a skill? Like, I would much rather learn by doing, which I feel like is supported by in a community space, right? Like, yeah, and I think the community space for me is us doing this podcast as an example. Like mm-hmm. I am doing this out of like we're not making the big bucks in podcasting. We're doing it to share knowledge, and I think by expressing it to others digitally, that's why I blog. That's why I po- like this is why I podcast. This is why I do yeah. a bunch of stuff in what I consider consider an online community space. Still loosely, but yeah, yeah, I nice. hear that. That's good. All right. What do you want to coach through today? What do you want to, what do you want to talk about? Um, I would love love to talk a little bit more about using tools, Mm. right? So um, I think, you know, so we had class this week where we talked about the core motivations. That's what it is. I was like, it's based off the Enneagram. What is it actually called? So it's called the core motivation handout based off the Enneagram. And, uh, you know, the class led us through the exercise to kind of like do some self-identification, but there was conversation around like, you know, what happens if you're with a client who may not want to do this tool or what happens if they have a negative reaction to a tool, you know? Um, And I think those are valid questions. I'm not really interested in us necessarily talking about that part now, but just kind of tools in general, like how are you feeling about introducing them? Like, how are you feeling about using them you know like what are your thoughts on some of these things um i was kind of skeptical 
at first. Um, but now and this is maybe because I'm in a weird headspace, like this tool, the core motivations, like was to look at nine different types and figure out where you most prominent from. And I'm, I'm also in like a study space for another exam that in talent development that I actually was just like, oh, that fish diagram, which is a problem and action or solution would also be good. like, so I'm actually thinking about maybe not the tool itself or the exercise or activity. And, and I, you're right. You have to be in the right mindset. You have to be in the right, like framing for your client. But I think sometimes tools could really open people up because it gets them to apply something in practice in some sort of, it's either an activity, an exercise or something they have to think on. Um, so I'm warming up to tools a little bit. I was a little skeptical to begin with, but I also may have created a couple tools for my final assessment, right? So right. yeah, what are you thinking? Um, I think uh, I think we're nervous about, uh, you know, as you're a new coach and kind of like navigating some of these things, what I'm nervous about is like, will I pick the quote unquote right tool for the right time, which I think is all just experimentation. And, and I don't even, I don't even think that's an accurate question. Cause I think the right tool, like the client makes it the right tool, right? Not necessarily like a question or a topic that you're working on. It's, it's where's the client going and what's going to be useful for the client for sure. Um, so I, I think that's kind of where some of my hesitant, not hesitancy, that's not the right word. What's, uh, you know, feelings of being unsure are kind of sitting in that space of like, I want to make sure that what I do is useful for the client and not just like a waste of time, right? Because some of these yeah. tools take a minute or you assign them as homework. So it's like, you know, if you assign them to do this uh, core motivations work as homework and they come back and they're like, that was an hour and a half and it was worthless. And I'm like, oh. Sorry. Or really upset me. Or <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Your doubts around tools is fair. And what I think will happen um, is you'll start thinking about a tool subconsciously because you've practiced with it. And then like something will trigger you with a client. So the, the common phrase we hear is trust the client and they, the, the client knows where they're going to take themselves in each session. Right. And the idea that came to me, like, as we started processing um, core motivation, but also as we, like, we demo other tools in other classes, and we'll get to that at some point once we have conversations about that a bit more. Um, until I started practicing a little bit with a couple of these, you're right, I couldn't see how they fit in. And it is until I'm asking a client a question and they're responding, I go, oh, maybe this would be a good way to open up around their values, or there seems to be a blocker in X oh, I think about this like tool or this exercise that might help open them up a bit because they yeah. need something. Like a tool could be a visualization. A tool could be a reflection. A tool could be something that just gets them out of their um, headspace or getting them to think deeper. And that's kind of it. But at the end of the day, a tool could just be a tool, right? Yeah. Well, and that, that last part you said, I was going to, I was going to say, I think a tool is very useful in getting a client to think deeper, which I know is something that you've been talking a lot about lately in our, <laughs> our classes, just like wanting to <laughs> have experiences that like go deeper or really like, what's the second level question, you know? And, and I do think a tool is a really good way to do that, particularly for clients who might feel, um, who might sort of dodge that deepness, right? If you were to just ask a question, but a tool might allow you a, a different entry point to that conversation. So I do, there's definitely value in those, right? There's, it shows new perspectives. It gets the brain in a different thinking in a different way. Like you were saying. 
Um, All right, you're dancing around what I was talking about. Or a good deep question could be it, right? A question that's yeah. hard hitting um, and upfront might be it. And this is something that um, I back channeled with you because we're really good students and pass notes digitally in class. And I, I think, and I'm concerned with, um, we have a great cohort we're learning with, but I worry that people are afraid to like, hit the hard question. And this is where we haven't gone into um, motivational questions yet, powerful questions we've talked about. But like, I think there are some ways that you can ask a really good question that goes beyond any tool. And I, maybe that just hasn't happened yet. Uh, Julie and I can't coach ourselves because we've talked to our instructor out of letting us be paired together, but maybe we need that. So that's, that's our own, that's our own fault. Uh, right. Lesson learned. Right. <laughs> Trying to like be good students, and in the end, it has <laughs> backfired. Yes, yeah. Um, do you think that, like, so I worry that people aren't asking me questions because I could skip around a lot and kind of feel like I, I can. I know as a client because we do these practice sessions, um, tools are good and they're safe and maybe that's why I was a little skeptic because people can hide behind a tool as a coach and you can talk around things with these tools but the real crux of it is asking deeper questions is really what's going to get you to reflect on it so like these core motivations it doesn't really matter which one you are although I did try to self-assess everyone in the classes we went through um I do think it gives if they could talk out the why and the how they feel this way and what's bringing this out in them and where they are now, I think it's more powerful. And maybe we don't get to those questions, like the next question really well. Yeah, I think though. So I know for myself, I don't want to, you know, speak for other people, but I think part of it is being new to this mm -hmm. is this notion of uh, that pressure to go deep. Right. And so I think I stumble because I'm trying to make the second question, the question that like, you know, unearths all of this, all of these issues and all of these root cause. And that's not realistic either. Right. So how are you just really trusting the client, right? Like the client might not want to go deep. And so like forcing that on there isn't the answer, I think. And I, I don't think that's what you're saying, right? But I think this, this notion of like, take it deep, take it deep. There could be other like situational things that are going on or other things that the coach is reading from the client that are preventing that from happening. Um, or maybe the, the coach is unsure about what to you know, what might come up and how they might handle that. And so I think there's different, um, different things that could play into that necessarily. Not even just, I, I, and I would disagree actually with like a tool preventing that from happening. Um, because I think a tool, like for me, it's like learning styles. Not that that's what a tool directly maps to, but I think you never know what's going to like be the thing for a person that kind of opens everything up. Yeah. And I still think there's a hesitancy and I, I, I haven't, had that myself so I've been okay with asking the people the next question and peeling back a layer that people didn't want to peel and it's brought out like emotions positive negative sad ones and I think it's been for me in practicing coaching and, and coaching with clients it's hard and it's vulnerable and it's um it's raw and I I 
I want to experience more of that as a client. So I personally, as, as a client for folks that I've been practicing with, um, there's been one or two kind of conversations I've had that really got there. And I was like, all right, you nailed it. You're calling out what I'm not calling out. Or like, I'm saying the things I should be saying out loud that I haven't before. And I think that's where some of that deepness comes from. And you talked about being a little hesitant in that. And that's not like you. So... Well, I think it just, I mean, a couple of things. I think that um, there's, I don't have trust built with these folks. And I, and that is nothing to say against these individuals. I I enjoy our cohort, but like we haven't spent a lot of time one-on-one, right? And so it feels a little early in some ways to like really kind of dive really deep in some of the questions that I would normally ask, right? Or that I I feel like could be a secondary question. you know, I mean, I've shared before, like, I'm really struggling with this line between, I think it was, uh, if I could critique kind of some of our instruction, I would say that, like, I think this notion of coaching is not counseling was drawn too hard for me, at least, or for my learning style, the way that my brain took it in, right? And maybe it's because I have a background, well, I have a psychology degree, so I have a background in psychology, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I have, I have coursework in that area, I've done graduate courses in that area, and so... I I wrote a very distinct story about what that looked like once that was said. And so it's, it's been hard for me to kind of say, okay, I'm going to dive into this because I'm like, some of these are very, you know, it's not productive. We're not talking about how am I more productive by writing a to-do list or let's talk through that. You know, it's like, wow, let's dive into your fear of failure that was triggered by, you know, the fact that you were a failed pageant kid and your parents, you know, right. <laughs> stopped loving you because of that. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's Julie's secret. Just come in right. now. You're welcome friends of the pod. <laughs> no, I think, I think you're right though. Like there's under, there's always going to be underlying issues and you want to get to them. And I say, I think it's important. And what I'm learning as I work with clients, like I want them to get there sooner than later. So why, why not dig into that first or second session instead of, fifth, sixth session, because I don't want to waste time, money, and I want them to get to that, like, uh, rawness sooner, because if we get that, that actually does build trust in some ways, is what I'm learning with my clients that I'm starting to have. Um, It's... But I think, sorry, I know I'm cutting you off, but I think a difference in our experiences right now is that you're actually having clients. Like, I have Mm. not coached clients yet, so, like, my interactions are these 15-minute practice sessions that we're getting with a person, and, like, that doesn't feel like the situation to suddenly push too hard. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm holding myself back, but I think that's, what's different. Cause I agree with you, right? If I know I'm going to have three sessions with a person, like I'm going to work hard, you know, three hour long, like full coaching sessions. Yeah. Let's go quick and let's get deep. If I'm spending 15 minutes with someone that I've talked to one time, cause we're practicing a tool like that setup is a little bit different. Um, and I get that we're supposed to like mimic a coaching session, but I think it's it's hard to get into that rhythm um, with some of these setups in class. Yeah, it, it does take a little practice. Um, so 15, 20 minutes has been okay. We've I've gone kind of deep with some folks in those. Um, and that's, I guess I'm just trying to, like I, I've been doing a lot more of like picking up on emotional reads um, and gestures and facials. And I like, like, I like that. That's called the coaching presence, which we're supposed to get into more advanced courses. Um, and I, I really do think calling people out, not just emotional, like I have tears in lots of my coaching sessions. So that's not what I'm talking about. Like, just like, um, cues or like if there's been 
a long pause, which I let them like pause and talk. And I said, I noticed there was a hesitancy or you seem to be like, like someone's like biting their nails at one time. And I was like, what's up with that? Is that connected to kind of how you're like those emotions that are coming up? And those have been ways to open up, I guess. Um, and maybe that's just like, it, it maybe it might be nothing too. Some people are like, I'm just stressed or I'm worried about something. I was like, okay, yeah. that's fine. Uh, but I think it's possible because you would do that in an hour session, right? You're going to set the agenda. That's only going to be a couple of minutes like we talked about, but like you're going to ask some deep questions in the first 15 minutes and it's going to take people maybe to an ugly place, maybe to a great place or maybe to like an opening place. And I think, I think that's okay to do. Um, yeah. But I get what you're saying. You want to warm up more and think you're building a rapport um what if you what if you had that with anyone you're practice coaching with these days well yeah I mean I think it's different right like I think um I'm not going to say to someone I think you regret becoming a mother five minutes before we go back to class you know what I mean like I'm not like (laughs) like I think that that you know what I mean like that's I, I and I think that is maybe my own ish to get through but then also like kind of where it and I and yeah so I think that's kind of what, where I'm like struggling with some of class is like not class but kind of like getting to some of those deeper moments in class is that um we I haven't really dove into those full sessions I will say you know two weeks ago we had a longer session and I was able to kind of go deeper and it felt like a better situation or a place um and so I think for me what I know is that even if it's shorter trust building, like within a session, like I'm going to need a full, I'm going to need more than 20 minutes before I feel like, unless it's very obvious, right? Like to kind of get into that space of, oh, well, here's what's going on. Right. Or like, tell me about this. Like, how is that? What if you continue to have that session with that person? And let's say if that's, what's holding you back is it's only the 15 or 20 minutes. What if you actually say, and this is a couple of things I've done with people in our classes, hey, do you want to have an off, like another offline coaching session since we can barter and swap our coaching hours? So P.S., mm-hmm. anyone listening that wants to be coached, Julie's available, she's saying. <laughs> um, because I think that's, help, that's actually helped me to go forward. And I've said to someone, hey, we're going to run out of time. Um, do you want to continue this at another time and swap coaching again? And that might be something to think of. So you're like, you're like, oh, I can get into it and then I'll, we'll follow up and this, you'll have a follow-up session. Maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also think it's like, it's okay to have different approaches, you know? Yeah. And like do different, uh, yeah. Have different goals different styles. I wonder too, um, you know, you and I were having a back channel conversation, like, wow, I'm, I'm kind of grateful that I'm not in higher ed anymore. And I do wonder for how many people in our cohort who are thinking about doing this coaching professionally in a higher ed space, because if that was also my situation, like, I don't know that I would be pushing for some of those deep reflection moments, right? Like I would be with a private client who came to me as a coach. If my job was a faculty coach, around curriculum, I think I would show up differently or that my aims would be different as a coach than if I was, you know, a career coach or coaching women around values or something, right? Like those I, I would imagine are going to look different. 
Yeah, I think it's easier to coach outside of your domain or your industry, right? That's one. Like you and I kept that call out where we have been in higher ed and some of our clients might still be in higher ed or maybe not, um, but it is easier. I don't necessarily think it's impossible. Like I think we could still have folks um, coming to us because they know us of our expertise or area or previous background or current background even. And I think we still serve them. Like what I see the coach being is um, that person that like helps to facilitate that opening up of the client and letting them um, like come up with answers and reflections. And it's what I ideally always love to do in advising. Like I'm doing the same thing, like help me to help get you to help yourself. And I, I love the idea that coaching isn't a, um, it, it isn't a forever thing. Like it's meant to say, you we're going to work through some stuff in, in partnership led by your focus and at the end of it, I hope you go away some some knowledge, some ideas, be empowered, and you're going to take this forth and go, yes, this is what I'm doing. Like, no, and I don't mean uh, um, I, I don't think I don't mean that I couldn't work with a client in higher ed. I think I was meaning more our cohort members who are working in higher ed, right? Like their approach to their practice might be different thinking about the context in which they want to use it, right? So sure. if they know that their role is as an employee to do this work. Right. Like, mm, mm-hmm. I think like we have we have a, a cohort member who is a professionally an ombud. Right. So I imagine her coaching style as an ombud is going to show up differently than her coaching style with with private clients. Right. And maybe not show up differently, but let like her strategy or techniques might be slightly different. Right. And in, in those roles. Um just code and switching. So, Just right. code and switching. So, yeah, right. And so, so maybe that's why you're seeing some of these folks not necessarily go deeper because they are practicing for sort of that situation that they are imagining themselves working in, right? Um, or I don't know. They're working outside of a comfort zone that they haven't had to because they yeah. they've been mentors before. They consult with people. Like we got some great people that work in all aspects of higher ed, and most of it is advising, mentoring, consulting, uh, helping. And this is like a thing. This coaching is like a helping others to help themselves. So not really help. Like it's kind of like facilitating yeah. helping. And so that's a different thing that, and like not being the center of the knowledge and not saying it's a bad thing. Like everyone's got expertise and ideas and experience, but then you're like, I got to come in fresh blank slate. What are you bringing clients to the table? And that's a whole other thing that you're like, um, I still get nervous coming to a new client, even though like, so a couple of them that I have know me, I don't know them well. Uh, I know them from my network or someone else has referred them, um, but they know me a lot more than I know them and I'm learning about them, but I can't learn about like the specifics, which is great and fine, but I'm kind of like asking questions that don't have the information to it, but like will help them get there. And so this is, a, it's hard. I'm not going to lie. I go to the sessions. I'm like, oh. I want to be the most useful, but what if I'm not? And like, I, I'm like, what are the questions I ask? And I still prep like cheat sheets on the side, Julie. So, um, yeah, it's terrifying, but it's fun and it's good. Yeah. Do you want some clients is what you're saying? No, I'm not. It feels overwhelming <laughs> to be honest. Like okay. I can't imagine trying to coach people with this, with my life right now. It's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> hey, I understand. Um, I only have a few ongoing. Um, I've had some that end after three sessions or two sessions, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, 
and it's a funny spot to be in coaching now anyways, because there's lots of moving parts in everyone's lives. So yeah, I don't blame yeah. you. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like, yeah, I, we don't have to go into specifics. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> we won't now, but maybe we'll coach you and I talked about like, cause you're not supposed to coach your friends. So what if we did a coaching mock session you and I, and like we did one episode, you coach me, I coach you. And right. I was like, we could do something like that just as practice. And it'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. I think it'd be fun. Mm-hmm. They say not to, because then you would know how to pick an in and out. And I've been listening to big friendship. Uh, like we know each other pretty well. And so like, you're the family I chose. And so I would also know questions to ask you that would like get at things. And I was like, I think I could still right. be professional. So no, I think you can. I think I also would feel comfortable in that situation to be like, no, <laughs> try again, Laura. <laughs> Whether it was because yeah. I didn't want to go there or like, you know, yeah. it wasn't ex- the exact right question, but I think it'd be, you know. Yeah. And it would be coaching like on this kind of ICF model, which is following these standards. Ethically, we are not to coach people. So people ask us all the time, you shouldn't coach any family, friends, yeah. close friends. Yeah. Um, so, and it is easier to do that, like to refer someone else elsewhere. Yeah. I, I, I will say though, it's fun to practice powerful questions with, with the littles, you know. <laughs> you probably practice them with your workmates as well. They just don't know yet. Right. <laughs> but I mean, it is, you know, it's, it's good to ask, like, what does this mean for you? You know, especially I think as the young ones are trying to like navigate feelings and like this situation and being homeschooled, not homeschooled, but virtual school, you know, like, and all of those things that are happening, like to say like, wow, I see that this is frustrating you. Like what's going on? <laughs> <I know. laughs> You know what? It's good. The process, they need to process those feelings and talk them out loud too. So I think yeah. it's not bad. Good for you. Yeah. I like that. So, um, Tools. Are there any tools? Let's bookend this conversation with tools. Right. Are there any tools that you're kind of like interested in or digging into deeper that we did? Like the other one we did, which I wasn't sure if I loved it, was that wheel Oh, I loved that. That was so good. You love the wheel of life? I love the wheel of life because I think it was like a really, it forced reflection at like what's going on for you right now, right? Like use a number and be honest and like where, what numbers are, you know, high or low. Yeah. And like, what story do you see from that? Like, how can you be honest with yourself in terms of like, what's, what is frustrating you right now? Or what is a blocker for you right now? You know? Yeah. And the wheel of life for listeners, visually it's like six to eight things in your life that you want to put value on a scale of one to 10, 10 being really important. And honestly, you can make your wheel of life anything. Like I was like, I'd make side projects. One of mine finances, leisure, money, who knows? Um, Family, friends, career. So uh, I guess that was good. I guess it was good to put on a scale. I'm trying to think about, is there another one that you like that we've tried? Well, I would, I think what I would go, just go back and say, it wasn't a scale of importance. It was a scale of like, oh, yes. on a scale of one to 10, what would you rate this thing right now? Right. Which I think is different than importance because to your point, like, I think if I know that something is important in my life, but I'm rating it as a four, right? Because on a scale of one to 10 right now, this element of my life is a four, like that can tell me why it's feeling difficult to, you know, keep this routine or try this new thing or something like that. So I really liked um, that exercise of it. Yeah. And you, good call out. Sorry. I should have also said you could also rate something low because it's just not a priority and that's fine. You're okay with like your money being a four because 
he got shit under control and that's just not a priority yeah. so yeah you're right it was rated like um an area that you might need to nurture or want to but maybe not maybe maybe a three is good for career because you're where that's where it is yeah. right now yeah yeah um there was one that i was looking at um and we did we kind of did uh we, we've done some in a couple other classes but um i like to do more visualization ones because i feel like there's some people and some clients that i might have and ones we're practicing with like walking having them walk through things and describing things might be helpful um to bring out like as we talk about different types of learning and thinking uh, styles if that's a thing um i think that helps people put them in a place somewhere. So like I might describe a habit is what I've done or walk me through your morning routine or uh, describe like what your ideal kind of work setup is what I've talked with people of. They're trying to think of new, new habits and routines. And so I wonder about that a bit more. So some other tools around, and I don't know what they're called, but like around visualization is what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think for me, I would definitely lean more towards tools that are like helping to connect the dots. So like that wheel of life one, right? Mm -hmm. I think that that's why I like that one. Some of those values exercises, like what's a value sort, what's going on for you in that, like, let's talk about what's rising to the top and how that might be influencing other things, right? So those ways that you can draw connections, because I don't think we have those conversations a lot as, as people. And I, no. I think particularly now, right? Like, I was laughing. I saw my stepdad yesterday and, you know, when I got home, it was debriefing with my partner because he wasn't able to come. And it was like, well, what'd you talk about? Well, the same thing we talk about with everyone right now. What shows are you watching? Like, <laughs> what's been the favorite thing that you've cooked? You know, because like our lives have changed so much that like, I, I think our conversations have changed too a little bit. Yeah. And so allowing for some of those tools that can connect things that maybe you're not talking about anymore or you haven't talked about in a long time or because you're so kind of in this monotonous routine that you haven't allowed yourself to see a larger connection for different things. Julie, you're always bringing it back to like, you're really bookending the conversation to our self-determination, our relatedness <laughs> and connectedness is how you loop that back. Larson. Well right. done. I, I will say you're right. And that something that was brought up, our, our opening question was kind of like what feels stable. And you've said it best. And others said it too, is like coming to this class where I'm set up with a group of people who I know um, people have called it their anchor to the week. And I, I think I am grateful that I have different anchors. Sometimes we drop this one. Sometimes we're floating away with this podcast. Um, but it it's helps to, I guess, uh, make you feel like you have a regular routine in some ways. Yeah. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Is that how it goes for you as well? Yeah, I think a regular routine and, and also just a reminder that like other things still matter, right? True. And I don't want to take importance away from like the situation of the world right now, but it, it feels like the conversation has been the same for so long that any time that we can shift that perspective and, and to your point, go deeper, right. Or, or talk about feelings or talk about connections that maybe I haven't made in a while. Like that feels really good. Um, yeah. All right. We've solved the world's uh, problems today. Let's go. That's coaching through it for now. Right. Um, let us know if you have thoughts, ideas, tools, and where your self-determination comes from. Be sure to listen to the next episode by subscribing to our podcast. We always welcome comments and questions. Send us an email at coachingthroughit at gmail.com. 
Until then, we'll be figuring it out on Coaching Through It.